It was an ugly one in St. Louis on Saturday as Boston College basketball drops another road game. We'll talk all about that game and preview Monday's game on today's Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College, AJ Black. Today's show is brought to you by Sonos. Sonos is the official sponsor of ESPN College Football. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. On Saturday, Boston College dropped another road game against St. Louis down in Missouri as they fell 79-68. to Now, this was a game Boston College felt out of from the beginning. They, they, they just were not playing well on any end of the floor. Defensively, they couldn't stop St. Louis. They're shooting 30% from the floor in the first half. They were getting out-rebounded, out-hustled. It was just ugly. And it was all kind of encapsulated by the play of one of the Billikens, Jury Collins, who not only set a career high with 19 assists, he set an NCAA record for the year with assists. And he just he just tooled on both the Langford brothers for most of the game, and he was just exquisite in the way he was able to find open uh, def- uh, open Billikens to get those extra buckets. And, you know, his play basically was was the clincher. He just did everything he needed to do to beat BC. Now, Boston College, to their credit, they look like, as I said, they look like garbage the first half. They were just not doing anything good. They were down by 16 points. They come back out after halftime, and they play much better. At least offensively. You know, they scored 49 points in the second half. And they outscored St. Louis by six. But defensively, they still struggled. They, you know, St. Louis ended up shooting 52% on the game. And they weren't doing much better in the second half. They just couldn't stop, make enough stops to get back into it. But BC... They, they had their moments they you know near the end they they brought it all the way down to eight points now if you're a gambler like me uh, who likes to play around with a little bit of uh, wagers here and there the line that I got in on was BC plus eight um, and I picked BC on that and I was like they went actually they went down by as low as seven excuse me and it was like 11 seconds left and then uh, they made a foul and then um, there was an easy dunk to go up by 11 so even for the betters who were betting on BC it was a loss still but uh, you know, what do you take away from this game? First of all, if BC comes out and plays this sloppily moving forward in the ACC part of their schedule against some of these tougher teams, they're going to get blown out. Now, St. Louis is good, but when you do this against Duke, when you play this way against Louisville or, or UNC, you're in for a load of trouble. So there's a lot to take away from this game. BC shot 3 of 17 from three-point range. They were unable to really win on the boards. They need to figure some things out. And first things that they need to really work on is getting that offense set up. Because when you're scoring 19 points and a half, when you cannot get anything going, you're going to fall behind. And that's and you're not good enough as a team to, to make up you know, double-digit margins every single week. You might you might sneak one here or there, but Boston College, they need to play better. And what they saw on Saturday is just not going to cut it. It was I, I saw someone on Twitter say, I think it was Tyler Calvaruso of uh, 247, said that the first half of, of Saturday's game was the worst half of uh, basketball Boston College has played under Earl Grant. And it's hard to argue that. 
you know, like they, you know, they've had some weak casts. Like I think back to some of the URI games where they just played really poorly. Like, you know, when they're getting blocked like thirteen times or whatever that was the first time. Um, but overall, that that first half it was just a, it was completely unglued. And you know, it's nice to see them make a, a comeback. You like to see them have that spark, but it doesn't compensate for the laziness and and poor play. That ha- that like plagued them that first half. Now Grant's gonna have to fix that, um, and we'll have to see because on Monday Boston College will return home to the friendly confines of the Conti Forum uh, with all the with all the sickos and crazies out there. Or sickos, they're not crazy. Sickos that are uh, you know coming to the game. Boston College plays much better at home. They haven't lost at home yet. They also haven't won on the road yet, so <laughs> it's, it's like a tale of two teams right now. They need to they need to take care of business. They're going to play Albany. Albany's not a good team. They should be able to easily win this game in front of a nice home crowd. It sounds like they're going to try to get the students more involved, that whole sickos movement that they have going on. And I think, uh, you know, this will hopefully get them back on the right track. In terms of individual performances from Saturday's game, uh, Friday, sorry, Saturday's game, um, you know, Makai Ashton Langford led the team with 18 points. You saw Quinton Post make some good shots down the down the um, the second half, but you know, all in all, it was it was a disappointing loss. But as I've said, this is a team that you need to just stick with because it's a developmental program, right? This is a team that has you know Karnick, Demar Langford, and Makai Ashton Langford, and then basically a team of either transfers or freshmen. And it's going to take some time. You're, you're going to have these ups and downs. So if you're so disappointed with one loss, you're 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 gonna, you're missing the the tree uh, the forest from the trees, because this is a team that's going to have those moments. They're going to have moments where they stink this year. That's just that's the fact of life. Because you're you're going to see you know them growing and and struggling, but that's where you want to see that development happen. And it's early, too early to see whether it's going to actually happen successfully or not. I mean, if you beat Notre Dame, obviously that's a nice, solid win to get to that point. But you can also have these moments like this. And I think there's going to be more games like this as we get into ACC season. Um, and just hope that, you know, that the, that they're going to continue to build because they got some really exciting freshmen coming in next year. Donald Hand scored 40 points. Uh, he's a guard from Virginia. And um, Prince Aligbe, their um, forward or wing, he's one of the most athletic wings I've seen at Boston College or coming to Boston College, scored 27 points this weekend. So you got some guys that can score. And they need scores. <laughs> they don't have them on that team right now. Um, so that's a big issue that they're going to have moving forward. So we'll have to see how they, this team kind of develops, uh, especially without Brevin Galloway. Fred Scott was, didn't travel with the team. You know, that bench is really, really thin right now. But they get Albany. That's usually a game that will cure all ills. Now, in a moment, we're going to talk about Zay. Let's get into Zay Flowers and talk about what he should do with his next season. All right, college football fans, have you heard of prize picks? I have been telling you about prize picks, and if you still haven't signed up, what are you waiting for? In addition to the college football action, prize picks makes college basketball more exciting. College basketball on prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. PrizePix is a leader in college sports daily fantasy. It offers more college football and basketball props more than anyone in the world, along with Power 5 as well as mid-majors you may not have heard of. They offer any prop you can think of. In basketball, you can play points, rebounds, assists, threes made, and more. It's so much fun playing along with this. I did a bunch during the NFL because you can do college and pro. Um, and I got to say, I came so close on a, tr- on a three-way, par- uh, three-way pick. I, 
I thought I had it, but I didn't. But it was so much fun to follow along uh, with Prize Picks. All, all of us that have tried this can attest that Prize Picks is the way to go. All you do is pick two to five players, the over under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on an entry. And it's just you versus the projected numbers. Prize Picks allows mixed sports entries. As I said, you can pick the over on Joel Embiid, along with the under on Aaron Rodgers in the same entry. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's so easy and so much fun. PrizePix is safe and eat and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepix.com and use promo code LOCKEDON or go to your App Store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. Thanks again for making Locked On Boston College your first listen every day. Make sure to check out Ultimate College F- Football Playoff Preview 2021 with local experts, betting advice, and draft analysis. The most comprehensive college football playoff preview begins this Friday. All right. You know, he's not in the playoffs this year, but we're going to talk a little bit about our man Zay. Zay Flowers obviously has a big question coming up for him this offseason, and that is whether he's going to return to Chestnut Hill in 2022 or he's going to hit the draft and end up in the NFL. Now, I have my personal opinion, but we'll get to that at the very end of this segment. But what will Zay do? Now, at the beginning of the season, I had thought all along that Zay was going to enter the NFL draft. He's going to have a big season and, you know, you know, tons of highlight reel catches. And that would get his draft stock to the level that he just could not come back to Boston College for one more season. Well, he had some games with some big catches in it, but they came few and far between because, well... Phil Dracovic was hurt. Dennis Grossell struggled to get him the ball in any meaningful way for most of the games. He had eight catches against Syracuse, but that was for 116 yards. It's like, you know, it's only averaging, you know, 12, 13 yards a catch. Those were no big ones. They couldn't get him the ball deep. So Zay, this whole season, he had those, he had a couple big catches. Obviously, you know, when he comes back, he had a big one against Georgia Tech. He had that big end-around run against Wake Forest that was called back on an absolutely atrocious um, blindside block call against Phil Dracovic. But other than that, he kind of had a pedestrian year. 44 catches, um, 700-plus yards with five touchdowns. Not the Bolitnikoff-level uh, season that we were all hoping from Zay. And it was not, nothing out of his control. I mean, you can't control if your quarterback gets hurt and they don't have a guy that can get on the ball. But that kind of leaves him up to, uh, you know, his decision. And if you were just going on raw skill, what you see, he, he would make coaches and scouts in the NFL salivate. You know, he's got breakaway speed. I mean, that, that play I talked about against Wake Forest, how many players did he juke out of their shoes on that just one play. He's got exceptional, you know, uh, maneuverability, I guess is the word you want to say. His ability to just, you know, shake in his shoes and get those defenders to miss him. He can do that. He's got pretty good hands. Wouldn't say they're elite. You know, he has some drops. Um, And route running, I think, is pretty good. Now, that being said, what will he do? What will Zay Flowers choose to do? So, on one hand... He could head to the NFL. Now, mock drafts I've seen for J- for Zay Flowers has him going anywhere from the second, late second round to the sixth round. So, that, I mean, that's a lot of variability right there. So, you know, he could hear good scout drafts. It depends on who he talks to. They could say, hey, Zay, you know, people are craving your your speed and electric play. 
you got to go for the draft. And he could say, oh, yeah, I'm definitely going to do that. Or he could come back for one more season. And if he comes back for one more season, the hope would be that Djokovic is healthy for the whole year, they can get him the ball. Because the two of them, obviously, if you've watched Boston College, they have, you know, very good chemistry on the field. And, you know, I, it feels like Djokovic knows how to get the ball to Zay. Before, and, and, you know, his breaks, he knows exactly what he's going to do every time he, he goes out for a route. So that could, you know, he could go back and try to get that, like, all ACC, top of the ACC level play, you know, maybe get into the Blitnikoff discussion and then get himself up there, you know, be one of the top wide receivers in the country. That could make a millions of dollars. That's a, I mean, that's a decent risk to make, but you always have to couch all of that with the fact that he could be risking injury. We saw that game against UMass. If you remember that UMass game, after we all, you know, downed a, a bourbon after watching Dracovic go down with an injury, it was only a quarter or two later that Zay looked like he almost tore his knee. Now, that kind of injury happens a lot for wide receivers, and it's fluky. It's nothing he can control, and that would cost him millions of dollars. So, coming back, it has high risk, and it has high reward. Going out early, it's kind of safe. If I was a betting man, I would say he's coming back. And here's my reason why. First of all, I think he's he he has unfinished business. He wants to play one more season and do what he show what he can do at Boston College with Phil Jakovic. I'm sure Phil's got his ear. Phil said during practice on Saturday he's doing whatever he can to get him back. So I'm sure Zay's listening to him. But I'm going to go with a more practical reason why, and one I haven't even mentioned. If Zay was to go out early, if he was to leave this year to enter the NFL draft, why is he playing in the military bowl? Why would that matter to him? Why wouldn't he? Why would he risk that injury if he was going to go into the NFL draft? That makes no sense to me. So I'm going with the practical reason, and and he has been practicing. I know he hasn't talked to the media yet, but the, if you go to BC um, BC's football site. Uh, Twitter page, excuse me, you can see a video of Phil Jakovic throwing him passes. So he's there. If 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 Zay really wanted just to leave the team to go to the NFL draft a year early, I can't imagine he would do that just so that he can, you know, in and stay in the military bowl. It, it doesn't make sense. So I think from a practical standpoint, he's going to be back. And I think that will be hopefully a good sign heading into the 2022 season. Having a healthy Djokovic, having Zay with him, that gives you a good, as good of a chance in the ACC as any wide receiver and quarterback combo that you can find. In our final segment, we're going to go wrap around Boston College and talk about all the news and information that you're going to want to know about women's basketball, hockey, and some recruiting updates. But before we do all of that, let's talk for a moment about kicking things up a notch for the big game. The Grand Stage, the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 56 at SoFi is less than 100 days away and on location. The official hospitality partner of the NFL is the only place to score a -a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package to the big game. Select your exact seats and choose from elite experiences featuring an exclusive pregame celebration with college stars turned NFL legends Troy Aikman, Marcus Allen, Tim Brown, and more. Plus accommodations at five-star LA hotels and food by the Great Wolf Bank Gang Puck. Visit onlocationexp.com/sb56 
For more information or search Super Bowl on location. That's onlocationexp.com slash SB56 or search Super Bowl on location. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. It's the Built Bar, filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in carbs, sugar, and calories and fat but high in protein. You get the best of both worlds. It's delicious and healthy. There's so many flavors to try too, and I'm sure you're gonna find one that you're gonna absolutely love. For me, it is the double chocolate. I tried this out last week. It is absolutely delicious. It feels like you're really eating a candy bar, but there's other great ones out there, such as cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie, mint brownie, or raspberry. Built Bar gives you that extra fuel you need to bust down those mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers. Or if you're standing in endless shopping lines, Built Bar can give you that extra something to keep you going. So throw in your jacket or purse, you never know when you're going to need it. Like some of those marshmallow treats around the holidays, you need to get your hands on the Built Bar Puffs. They're light, fluffy, and marshmallowy through and through. Different flavors all covered in chocolate. They taste so good, you won't believe they're filled with protein. Now go to built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll receive 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off at built.com. This is Locked On Boston College. AJ Black here. Hope you are all having a terrific Monday uh, and enjoying the holiday experience with your family and friends. I know it's it's early, but you know it feels feels nice to have that that um, that feeling of. Uh, anticipation of Christmas or whatever holiday you're celebrating at home. Now, there was a big game on Friday night for hockey as Boston College and BU celebrated their 100th year of their rivalry in a game at Aganis Arena. Now, this was a big one. This was their 285th battle, and Boston College needed this win badly. As I've said before, they were 8-5. and five. They were struggling to put together wins consistently throughout the season. You know, against Maine, I, I keep bringing that up. They get a win, they get a tie. You need, they need to string some together. They beat Brown earlier this week. Win against BU would give BC some nice momentum heading into their break. They're off until December 30th, where they head to Dartmouth for a tournament where they'll face off against Mercyhurst. On the 30th. So this was a big game for Boston College. And it was it was the Eric Dopp show. He had 32 saves, including uh, stopping all five at, at, during uh, penalty shots. And three-on-three time, he stopped everything. You know, I had, last week had said Dopp was a goalie that really needed to step it up. That he needed to have a big game. And he did exactly that. And it took until the shootout. Now, Boston College, they roared back. BU started this game uh, hot. And B- BC, they were down 2 nothing, But they go up. They take a 3-2 lead. BU answers. And they go into overtime. Now, Trevor Kunter, you, you know, when I think of a shootouts, I always think of it, you know, I think of like soccer where the, the, the saves are actually more rare than the actual goals. It's not like that. It wasn't like that in this hockey game as every shot it seemed that was taken in penalty shots was blocked except for Trevor Kunter who, uh, and I'm, I apologize if I'm messing his name up. Trevor Kunter hits the goal that wins the game for BC. Um, you know, huge win for the Eagles. They needed this against their rivals on the road. It was a massive win for BC. And that, you know, that that's a, uh, obviously a positive for Jerry York and they have that momentum now. So that's good. Now we're going to go from a win to weirdness. Now this weekend, Boston college women's basketball was supposed to play UNH and they were going to play except there were, uh, the game was canceled. And the reason that they give 
doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And I didn't get into it because honestly, it's you know something I'm not gonna dive too too deeply into because it's not that big of a deal. But both teams were medically cleared to participate, but New Hampshire declined to play, according to uh, the the press relief. Per NCAA rules, this game is ruled a no contest. Now I have no idea what this means. I'm guessing it has something to do medically. You know, there's all sorts of things going around with COVID uh, and hitting different sports teams with things. So I'm guessing that has something to do with that, but I'm not even sure. And I don't want to guess on that. But the fact that they allowed, this is what drives me crazy about this, is that both teams were medically cleared to participate. So they could have had a game, but UNH chose not to play and got out of that game. How does that make any sense? UNH should forfeit this game. You know, I don't care what the health reasons are. They should lose. I don't, you know, it doesn't make any sense. Like, you know, they're playing a better team. So they're like, oh, you know what? I don't want to play. Well, fine. And you get your L and you can move on. It just doesn't make any sense to me. I didn't understand this. Um, And, you know, maybe more information will pop up as the week goes on. But, BC doesn't get the win out of it. They get nothing. So they're 7-2 on the season. They face off against UNC on next Sunday. That's going to be a fun one. Um, and that is um, at Conti Forum at 2 p.m. So check that game out. And then finally, a little recruiting news to get your uh, whistle, whistle wet. Um, on Wednesday is National Signing Day. That's going to be the early signing day for all recruits. So check out BC Bulletin. I'll have all the news. I don't expect anything huge, but the one name, there's two names that you're going to watch for. Uh, last week I had told you about Cohen and Tringer, um, an athlete from Wisconsin, uh, Michigan, excuse me. He's a name to watch. But Jason Jenkins is another name. Now, he has a final three of Boston College, Pitt, and Indiana. He's a defensive lineman. He's 6'6". Um, I think I like Boston College's shot, uh, chances in this one. It's been a quiet one. He was at Boston College two weeks ago. He was just returning from his um, his trip to Pitt. But he was flirting. I don't want to say flirting because it's not the right word. But he was talking to A.J. Dillon on Twitter, actually, about it. Because A.J. Dillon tweeted at him, Hey, would love to see you in maroon and gold. And he said something like, yeah, or, you know, he gave him a big thumbs up or something. So, you know, not that doesn't say much, but I, I think he, there's a good chance. And stay tuned to BC Bulletin if there's any changes as well. You know, there might be a last-second decommitment or some change of something that we're not expecting, and I'll have it all covered. As I said, I have my sources. I have a lot of good ins in the recruiting world with between the players and the school. If you want BC Bulletin, uh, BC recruiting news, I should be the guy that go to. Ask me any questions you want. If you go to our premium service, go on. You can go on our Discord and ask me directly. I'll answer whatever I know. Thank you all for listening. This is AJ Black. I'll be back again tomorrow. We're gonna preview. National Signing Day. I'll give you all the things that you need to know, and we'll dive all into the ins and outs of that game on Monday against Albany. Thank you all, and we'll see you again soon. Take care, everyone.